Welcome to Talking Tuesday. I am your host, Fancy Quant, and today we are going to talk about promotions and annual reviews here from a manager side onto the employee side. So I thought I would share a little bit of this because I think my perspective has changed a lot from being a junior employee um, to kind of being now a more senior employee and having to do all the annual reviews for employees. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about maybe setting this up. So HR often makes the questions, but I have to typically avoid them. (laughs) So a good firm will set up challenging questions, which are not easy slam dunks. When firms set up questions that are too easy, like, are they a team player or do they show, you know, company spirit or do they help other colleagues? Often there are questions where it's like, it's insulting to answer no or to answer like, well, on a scale of one to five, they're about a three, like they're about average, you know, that's right in the middle there. And then people are like, well, I show company spirit. I went to all the company events and I, I did this, that, and the other, like, how dare you say that I, I'm not a, uh, an employee, like a good company employee, or, you know, I'm a self-starter, like, and they start really getting on these things. You have to have questions. I think that are more, more broad. Um, I think more broad is a good, good term for it, but Really questions that dive into like, you know, are they a self-starter? And then you maybe need to have managers trained on how you ask that or how you talk about projects, which I'll talk about here in a second. Uh, But they need to be questions that are general enough too, because it's really hard. I feel for HR here. It's really hard to write questions if you're going to use the same set of questions company-wide, which makes no sense. Um... Again, managers should be have their kind of own categories based on different departments. So like, you know, I don't know, like a, a call center that's helping customers doing customer service. Their performance is very different uh, than performance of somebody like us, like a quant building mathematical models. Why? Uh, because you say, well, they, they weren't really a go-getter, you know, they're customer service or whatever. And you look at it and think, but their job might be fairly well-defined. Maybe they did more calls than everybody else, right? Maybe they had great quality calls. Maybe they worked in collections, for example, and they have the highest collection rate. Now, you might be able to say, well, they weren't really a go-getter. They just did their job better than everybody else. And being a go-getter wasn't a part of that job here. So setting up those sort of questions um, is hard and challenging, I think. So that's kind of the first piece here. As a manager, you deal a lot with, you have to go off usually a set of questions and rankings and it goes into this mathematical equation. And why this is important is because it helps uh, executives or senior management look at all the employees across the board and figure out who's performing the best, who should get the bonuses, who should get the promotions, who's performing the worst. Um, And typically on an annual review, like I'm not looking, at least I don't think companies should be looking you shouldn't be looking at this as like a, okay, we're going to lay people off because they didn't perform well. I'm not a big fan of the, you know, let's, let's chop the bottom 5% or bottom, you know, 6% or 8% or whatever that the threshold is. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, I think you should focus more on annual reviews and mid-year reviews on uh, employee performance. And then when you get to points where you have budget constraints, you need to do layoffs. Then you go back and look at their annual reviews or mid-year reviews over hopefully a few years. They've been there that long, so you can really see a good solid track record. Sometimes employees have bad years, guys. I I know. Um, I've had colleagues uh, that I knew somebody uh, that had cancer, so they had to be out for part of the year. And uh, someone else says their mom died, and they were flying out of the country for that. And um, you know, having a child pass away, or and having pregnancy issues, or you know, having spouse 
conflict or family constraints or issues or people dealing with addiction or family members dealing with addiction. Like all these things start to play in here. And it's really nice and rosy to say, you know, I'm going to like, I'm going to make sure that this person gets a good review because whatever. No, you don't. You, but it needs to be, I think, in the review notes that this person performed average for the year or they were gone half the year because they had this issue. So at least when you're reviewing these things and someone's looking at it, they go, okay, they were good overall, but they only worked part of the year or half the year. Or they were good overall, but um, they're working with some other issues, so we kind of scaled them back on workloads. Like These things need to be kind of put out in detail so people can look at this performance across time And then while management can look at this from a high level of who has good scores here, so let's say it's a one to five scale, um, they want to look at this and go, oh, who has the fives? Like, these are the all-stars, the great people, whatever, whatever, whatever. But the thing that comes down to it on something else I think a lot of people miss is that you don't get a good score for being a good employee. Uh, You should get a score based off of your specific role here. So I have struggled with this because when I was a junior employee, you know, gung-ho working all these extra hours and thinking I'm you know a rock star and on top of the world um again it depends where you are in that stack rank so when I was a junior employee at the very very bottom and you know you're churning out twice the load of senior staff and you're managing your own projects and you're getting things done on time and you have your own whole list of projects that you've come up with uh you can start to really look at it and go wow this person is a go-getter right they created their own projects they're getting traction they're making things happen as a manager i love you like you're the greatest employee out there because a manager's job is often very unstructured you don't get clear lines of thought of do these five projects It's, you know, Dimitri, see what the problems are and come up with a solution for it. So then you're out trying to find problems to solve, but they need to be good problems. They need to be impactful. Like if you've got an employee that can do that and they're just on it, it makes my job amazingly easy. So when I was a junior employee, I thought, you know, that was great. Like I was getting top rated reviews. Uh, But then as I got moved up further and further and further up the chain, I think part of me still kind of felt like, you know, I'm still generating the best model validations or the best model developments. Like my models are outperforming everybody else's. I should get the promotion. I should get the the pay increase or, you know, whatever it was, or I should get a five-star review. And luckily I had a really good, um, some good managers over the years that just told me like, Dimitri, it, it's great. You know, you've done stellar on this. I really appreciate you get all these projects done, but, but, um, the next bump for you would be, you know, this this manager role here. So you're going to have to really move and shake and you're going to have to manage people and projects and stuff. And, you know, this year, while it's great that you, you know, manage these four projects, you didn't do great managing so-and-so on this project. I think when they helped you, um, you know, they didn't get as much stuff done. And of course, then you're thinking to yourself, like, somebody else didn't perform, so I'm getting dinged for it. Um, but I think that's what a lot of employees miss too, is a manager's worth and I don't mean a manager or someone that just tells everyone what to do. I mean, a manager can actually do the work too. Um, your job though is your your employee's performance. So if you've got a team and your team's not performing, you're, you're a crappy manager. You're a bad manager. If you've got bad employees, it's your responsibility to get rid of them. Um, now it's your responsibility when the team succeeds and does great and amazing and wonderful. But again, it's your responsibility to train, educate, support, and be there from it. I don't really care if company gives you resources or not. That's really what your job is to do. And so as you're starting to work towards these manager positions, um, you should be then judged off those positions. So I agree with my boss. I 
I think I had like a 3.8 or something out of five, which was, you know, everyone on average supposed to get in the threes. So I was doing average. But again, what they were looking at was, Dimitri, on your specific role, you're wanting to move into the more managerial side uh, and you're wanting to actually lead and do projects. You didn't have that many projects this year to even showcase that, right? So, I mean, that's kind of on me as a manager as they're explaining it. I'm like, yeah, I wish I would have had more you know, examples and ways I could really show you. So that impacts it. Again, something a little out of your control, but understandable. And then as you're being rated into this position, realizing that if you had, you know, a four and a half or a five-star review or something, like the company should be strongly considering making you that manager. But again, just because you had a great performance in your individual role does not mean you are ready for that bump and that promotion. So I think often when you're doing these annual reviews, you have to think about the consequences of the review in itself, thinking, one, did I do amazing at this job in every single area? Yes or no. And I always try to go through when I do my personal performance review of myself, uh, which most companies ask and require that you do, I try to figure out which area is my weakest. Like, you know, maybe, maybe I had a lot of conflict for the year. I tend to run into a lot of conflict. I tend to rock the boat quite a bit. Uh, maybe I could handle these situations better, right? These are things I try to think about. I try to nest in there. Uh, I want my managers to realize, like, I'm legitimately thinking through these things. Now, it doesn't mean next year I'm just going to, like, you know, sit back and smile and tell everyone they're the world's greatest person and I just love working with all of you and just let everybody run all over the top of you. But at the same time, uh, you need to figure out, you know, like, for example, a company... I always get dinged on this and I understand it, but uh, company spirit. I just, guys, even when I love working somewhere, I'm not the guy that's super motivated and outspoken and like, you know, going to the company barbecues and so excited to go to the Christmas party. Like I'm the guy that's like, I got to go because I got to be a good example for my colleagues. So I'm going to show up. And so <laughs> I, just, I just don't, guys, I'm just not a big corporate person. I just don't like going to the events for the most part. Uh, even when I was at, uh, a big bank and they give out free tickets to the amusement park uh, here in Dallas here. I think it was six flags. It was like a free voucher for like a giant Turkey leg. And like, you know, you could bring your friends and family and this was a great time. And I didn't have to even look at anybody. Right. It wasn't even about the employees around me. It's just, I just, I'm just not an outgoing person like that. It's just not what I like to do. So that's, that's something, you know, trying to be self-critical and trying to think about uh, the areas you can be working on and improving on and all that think that's important. Um, but also realizing too, often it takes someone in a more senior role to understand what the next role entails of things you're probably not going to know and not going to see and trying to prepare you for that uh, and giving critical feedback and getting a role overview for the year might actually be a benefit for you. It kind of shows that now you're having growth as well. So maybe you had, I don't know, 4.5 last year and you got bumped. Now you're a senior analyst and now you're at a 3.6 or a 3.5 or 3.8 or something. And you know, you're like, all right, well, it usually takes a few years to get pushed through a role. Plus you got to learn the job responsibilities. Plus you're trying to do more and more of the workload here. And so trying to see this from a manager perspective, um, also senior HR staff, typically at large firms at least, uh, they tell you most employees should be getting threes. Uh, your amazing employees should be getting fours. If someone's going to get promoted and it's like unquestionably there, then they should get like a five, like perfect stellar review on a specific area. Again, I don't think anyone I've ever seen has had like all fives in every area. 
But these sorts of things are what you need to start thinking about as an employee too, is like, we know what areas you need to improve on, but starting to realize this from a manager view, you know, it's not just about getting the job done. It's not just about building the best model or validating the best code or coming up with the best strategy for the year. Um, Often you have to kind of work your way through that. And something else I'll point out here as well, which is how do you get good projects, right? Uh, You need consistent performance. So I took some garbage projects for at least a year, year or two. Uh, When I had a new manager and it was just like, you're just getting these projects, just deal with it. You know, I just, I had to, I had to deal with it. Like, that's just what it was. And as I performed and showed performance across time, um, then it was, I started getting these really big projects. I got the project, you know, the validate, you know, work on this validation was $60 billion a year in originations. Um, I got to put my, you know, stamp of approval on almost every time series model that came across the desk. Like it started getting to the point where you start to really, cut out your area of expertise. Uh, But again, that takes time and effort. And so then when you go to do promotions at the end of the year, right, the senior staff is going to go, man, I love that we got that big project done. Who was on that big project? And that's who's going to get a little bit better rating or review or a little bit nudge even from the top, maybe multiple layers above you down is because they're like, we're so appreciative. That was the core thing we needed to do for this year. And we hit it out of the park and we did amazing at it. And so they want to give you some sort of, you know, congratulations and kind of help keep that top talent here. So I just want you guys to think about these things sometimes from a manager position. I think it's really hard, especially if you haven't been in those positions. Um, But often you're getting squeezed between people above you that have constraints and rules. Like you can only give out so many fours or only so many fives. And then you have, you know, good managers trying to prepare uh, employees for new positions. And to do that, you need to really give them honest, critical feedback so they can really sit and think about it and work on these kind of areas here. And even just explaining these, I I struggle with it, guys. Um, I'm sorry if you've ever worked for me, but um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't always explain it very crystal clear, but often some of the biggest things are like running with projects, finishing projects from end to end and just owning the work. Um, again, doing something really quick and saying, yeah, it's done and it's correct. Um, one, you need to actually be correct because in the quant space, being correct is absolutely critical. There's there's nothing else that's more important than that, which many people disagree with me on. But I think that's a critical piece on the quant side of this. Like we're here to do math. The math needs to be done correctly. And then on top of that, you know, it's not just doing it correctly. Now it's like starting to think about like, do you own the project from beginning to end here? Because I've seen a lot of junior employees go, I own this project. I did so good at it. This is the answer. And then I'm like, there's like 500 mistakes in this project. And I want to pull my hair out. And I don't know if we should just start over or scrap the project or, you know, there's all kinds of things you got to think about. So again, looking at this from an employee perspective, how do you do your job better, which is one piece, but also how do you prepare yourself for that next position or role? And don't be afraid to ask your manager, like, you know, I need more projects to showcase more of this. You know, you might not get it. There might not be the projects there. There might not be enough trust or whatnot. Um, But those sorts of things kind of help you build yourself and kind of work with your colleagues. So anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And as always, until next time.